third chapter of the book of Genesis. Somebody says it's supposed to be in the high 90s this next week. I told Miss Bad when when you think the high 90s is good. I say once again, I'm almost almost persuaded to believe in global warming. Miss Betty, she's been grumbling. She don't take the heat too well. Then I'll go outside and do something, and she won't jump on me for going out. My goodness, it's been doing this ever since I've been in this world. Every, Every summer, just rest, rest, rest. This fixing turn cold. Halloween come, we'll be hunting a coat. It's going to be seed time and harvest until end. And those things are not going to change, and man is not going to change the outcome of the weather or anything else. So we can rest in that. The Lord has set things in motion, and He is the governor of all things. So. Third chapter of the book of Genesis, verse 4, I guess, And the serpent said unto the woman, it shall not sure, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. Plural. Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good, for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took of the fruit thereof and did eat gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat and eyes of them were both open and they knew they knew that they were naked And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And it said, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Must have been up in the afternoon. I thought about this this week. It wouldn't have been been earlier in the day. It had been later in the day in the cool of the evening. There's a beautiful picture there. Though they were in the garden, the most wonderful place that man could be and here comes the Lord into the garden walking in the cool of the evening it just sounds (coughs) very pleasant then the Lord said he called unto Adam and said unto him where art thou And he said, I heard a voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. A condemnation 
is of self here. He's dis- he has discovered that he is condemned already. And he said, <clears throat> Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman who thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So Adam has done everything wrong. Everything. Now Adam wasn't, there wasn't anything taken away from Adam here, but there was something added to him. Now he knows sin. And he can do nothing else. He's bound by sin. Doesn't have any choice now. His wife come and give him a fruit and he did eat it. Let her convince him. Look what the good this is. Look what it'll do for you. And he ate it. So he broke the first law that he is to be the head of the family. And certainly the Lord would be his head. We told man ought not wear long hair. Why? Because the Lord's his head. He doesn't need a covering. The Lord is his covering. That same principle, that's where it began right here, that man ought to have been the one leading the way here. He's the one that should have been standing against the wiles of the devil and protecting his wife. And what did he do? He does the very opposite thing. And then in verse 22, he said, And the Lord God said, Behold, a man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever in his sin, therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Lord was gracious to him here. He could have just killed him here. He was in what we had called a fallen state. Lord didn't take anything from him as far as his will. And I think this is an important point. As far as his will is concerned. But now, since he knows sin, he's turned unto sin. And old-timers would say he was bent then unto sinning. No turning back. So in 24th verse, he says, So he drove a man out, of the, out, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of tree of life. And Adam is in a terrible 
predicament, him and all of his family forevermore because he's in a state of sinning. That, that's his nature now. He has taken on that nature of sin and there's no turning back from it, not within man. His will is that he would not obey God. He'll know both good and evil. He'll be as God. He'll be the ruler. And that hadn't changed. Man in his natural state, that is what is natural to him. He is a sinner. He's captive of it. He can't get away from it. He doesn't have any power to change. He doesn't have any power of decision. He is strictly bent to do evil. Always. We see it all about us. The neighbor down the road would like to have what you got. You can't plead innocence in this either. You might look at what he's got and say, I wish I had that. And that way we get away with that and say, I wish he had something better and I had that. That's just kind of a cop-out. We, we'd like to have better. And, and we all, at times, are guilty of that. If you try yourself, you find out you, you, that's what you do. Because we're bent to sin. And outside of God, outside of His amazing grace, there is no turning away. There is no deciding to turn to God. Because man, his very thought is to do evil. I come here today, I guess, kind of on my soapbox. I've been seeing on TV lately, be watching the news and this ad pops up and it, keep in mind this is a national thing it's a national program I'm watching no telling how much the devil's paying to put it on and they say do you want to go to heaven well certainly every man wants to go to heaven at least what he thinks is heaven yeah want to go to heaven. They say, well, here's what you do. You say this little prayer, and this is the way it goes. God, I am sorry. And that's it. I am sorry that I've done what I did, and I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So you pray that little prayer and go to heaven. And I say it makes men twofold more the child of the devil. Now understand, and not one going to get into heaven that wasn't supposed to be. And there's not one going to hell that wasn't supposed to. But what a tragedy if you could lead a man so long in his life to believe in a hope that is dead. No hope. 
give him, give him some hope in what he can do. There, Adam, when he fell from grace, fell into a state of no return outside of the grace of God and all his children after him for the same thing. And man is bound and determined to defy God. We see it about us every day now, all this religious fervor that's going on. It's just pure emotional. 99% of it's pure emotional. If you don't understand that you don't have any hope outside of God, if you don't understand that, you will never call out to Him. If you don't understand the seed must fall to the ground and die to ever be resurrected again. Well, I talked last week about being ransomed and redeemed, and I think sometimes resurrection is the best term in our day, in, in our lives resurrection if you're not resurrected in this life there's not going to be any resurrection in the next resurrection we need to be resurrected we need to be raised out of this position that we're in in the bondage of sin captured by Now, Adam, he gained one more thing, didn't he? Sin. He learned to sin. And they're teaching everywhere up and down now that all a man has to do is decide. And I say his decision is made. It's not anything that he's going to conjure up. It won't work. Because all that he can think of in himself is sin. That has totally eaten all of us up. Unless the Lord would resurrect us from that. We don't have any hope. But praise be God, we do have hope because God is at work in his people. And he's going to save a people and he's going to take their stony heart out. And that's what's happened to Adam. His old heart has become so hard that nothing will penetrate it outside the power of God. But the promise is I'm going to take a stony heart out and give you a fleshly heart that it might be pricked. Adam, Adam's conscience was pricked. When the Lord comes and said, where are you? It scared him. What did he do? Run ahead. Then he got some fig leaves, sewed them together, made them a garment. And I say, I say it pressed God further away from them than bringing him to them. Because this covering that they made was of their work is trying to cover their nakedness. 
they were naked before God. So they run, tried to cover it up. We have the first inkling of also of the shedding of blood for the remission of sins in these same verses. The Lord slew an animal. You know, the Lord's always provided his own sacrifice. From the very beginning, from here, he provided his own sacrifice. What do you have that you hadn't received? You don't have anything. So he provided his own sacrifice and he slayed the animals, shed the blood, and covered them. He did. Not Adam and Eve. They couldn't even find the altar. So they were in such a state that there was no turning back and it has passed on to all the human race all fall in the same category in the book of the psalms 36 chapter Uh, knowing what I know, if I'd get on any TV, let alone national TV, and try to give a man some hope in some simple little old prayer that he can't even pray, you understand man cannot even pray in his natural state. There's no prayer in him. But I'd be scared to death that my next breath may be the last one. Lord might shut that thing off. You understand? We have the responsibility to preach a doctrine that puts the Lord Jesus Christ in the spot of the only hope. In him we hope. 36th chapter. <clears throat> Read a few verses here. The transgression of the wicked said within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. Now that's what I'm talking about. These people up doing it. They absolutely are fearless. They don't have any fear at all. Neither can they blush about what they're doing. For he uh, faltereth himself in his own, uh, flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. That's a pretty good description of man that don't have any fear. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. And he hath left off to be wise and to do good. 
He deviseth mischief upon his bed, and he sitteth himself in a way that is not good. He adhoreth not evil. Well, the problem is that he don't have good sense. He's just void of good sense. Sensible man would follow after peace and righteousness and salvation, but these people that have no fear, you understand the beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord. Wisdom. But it must be of God. We can't use that old carnal wisdom that we got. We can't use old carnal wisdom that Adam got in the garden. It must, we must seek God. So man is bound in that state of unrighteousness. Lord clothed Adam. But before that, what happened? Adam run out and tried to close himself, and that's what men are trying to do today, the same thing. Clothe themselves. And you can't do it. Book of Ezekiel, the 16th chapter, we went there some time back, but I think it's a perfect picture. Again, in verse 1, he said again, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abomination. Collectively and individually, cause her to know her abomination and say, Thus saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, My birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan. Thy father was an Amorite, and thy mother an Hittite. You hardly have any hope. And as for thy nativity, in the day thou wast born, thy navel was not cut. Neither wast thou washed in water to supple thee, and thou wast not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. And none I pitied thee to do any of these things unto thee, to have compassion upon thee, but thou wast cast out in open field to the loathing of thy person in the day that thou wast born. So we care that sin from the day we are born. And there isn't any little profession going to get you out of it. Profession of faith, we, we used that and used it. And a man ought to have a good profession. He ought to follow after the Lord. 
That ought to be his profession. It ought not have to really tell it. It ought to be visible. But Lord, help those people that are going to try to help you get one outside of pointing you to Christ. I said that they tell a man to just say this little prayer. They tell him what to say. And then he can just hold God accountable then. He, he's just bound by your prayer to take you to heaven. And again, I tell you, it makes men twofold a child of the devil more than before. Because it gives them some hope to hold on to. Let's take that hope away. You know, hellfire and brimstone preachers, and not many down. I think we may need some more of them sometime. You're going to hell. And it ain't anything you can correct. If it really gets a hold of you, it will make you pray. And it will make you turn to God. You'll get rid of the fig leaves. Open yourself up to the counseling of God. But outside of the power of God, there isn't any turning to that counseling. The Lord is all in all. There ain't any other way. If you take that hope away from man that he's trying to apply, you may cause him to call upon the Lord. In the book of Romans, the third chapter, <clears throat> You understand salvation is of the Lord. Third chapter and verse 10, and as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understand it. Now you see, that's the first thing. If that fellow could understand, he might pray a prayer that would do him good. But he don't have any understanding. He's void of any good decision. Because his whole nature is to do evil. There is none that understand it. There's none that seek after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together. Come to, uh, to come unprofitable, there's none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat's an open sepulcher, and their tongues have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, 
whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. Old Cain rose up and slew Abel, didn't he? That's the way he was. In the way of peace they have not known, and there is no fear of God before their eyes. That's what I said earlier. If I was spewing that kind of garbage that they're spewing, I'd be really afraid. We worry anybody that, that has any sense would worry about adding anything to this word or taking anything from it. So we need to be careful in that respect. In the book of Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, In verse 1, it said, The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron, and with the point of the diamond it is graven upon the table of their hearts and upon the horns of your altars. Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills, it's just a nice little place up there in the cool, too, where they're supposed to worship. Said, O my mountains in the field, I will give thy substance and all thy treasure to the spoil, and thy high places for sin throughout all thy borders. And thou, even thyself, shall discontinue from thine heritage that I gave thee. What does it sound like? Go back to Adam, wasn't it, in the garden? He gave him that, and he took it away. And he sealed the gate. And that's what he's doing here. Serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not, for you have kindled a fire in mine anger which shall burn forever. Lord is not slack concerning his promises, whether they be good ones or they be bad ones, if I can use those terms. I think we can understand it better whether they be good or bad. The fire is kindled and it's going to burn on forever. In the book of Isaiah, then the 44th chapter, <clears throat> got to come here. I guess verse 21. Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant. I have formed thee, thou art my servant. O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. This is our only hope now we come to as a turning. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions. And as a cloud thy sins. 
return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. But where is the turning in the redemption? The turning is in the resurrection. A new man. Get rid of that old one. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains. O forest, every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he hath formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things that stretches forth the heavens alone, alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth to thyself, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars and maketh diviners mad, that turneth wise men backward and maketh their knowledge foolish, that confirmeth the word of his servant and performeth the counsel of his messengers that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah she shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places. So the Lord will do it. I said not one's going to be lost as the Lord deemed his people. Not one, not one. Father, I have kept all those that you gave me. He will keep them. But it'll be the Lord's doings. It won't be a man's decision. Oh, that the Lord would come today and do a work remove that sort of tragedy out of the way that promises men some kind of hope and something that they can do. They're just not capable of it. In the book of Colossians, The first chapter. I guess verse 9 said, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is what's going to take to change the heart of man that God would come and quicken him, give him spiritual understanding. Reasonable men can understand. Most men, though, are unreasonable. They're, they're one-sided. 
they're, they're extreme. All over one side. They all run in one way. They're in agreement. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful. Well, the seed fall, die, resurrected. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all his might, according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of saints in light. If the Lord doesn't make us, if the Lord doesn't resurrect us, if he doesn't turn us to himself, we are hopeless. He must resurrect a new life in us. Give us a new knowledge. Give us a new understanding. Give us the ability, the power, if you will, to call upon his name. Otherwise, old fig leaves would just stay in the way. It'd just be in the way. Won't do you one whit of good. In the third chapter then, Verse 10, he said, If ye then be risen with Christ. What does that sound like? Resurrecting. If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections. Now you understand, Adam didn't have any affection for God. And neither does any other man. Matter of fact, he hates God. He's at enmity with God. He can do nothing more. Set your affections on thing above, things above. Not on things on the earth, for ye are dead. And your life is hid in Christ, in God. Unless the feed, seed fall to the ground. Unless it die and fall to the ground. There is no resurrection. No news of life. It won't produce. The old seed that, that they're putting out there is a damnable seed. And it genders its own kind. Sin. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Another resurrection. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. 
For the which thing's sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. What happened to Adam? Disobeyed. You shall not eat of that fruit lest you die. And God was obligated to carry out what he had told him. And Adam did die in all his posterity along with him. No more hope outside of the grace of God. In the, books of, the book of Acts, the 15th chapter, verse 6 and the apostles came together for to consider of this matter and when there had been much disputing Peter, Peter rose up and said unto them men and brethren ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe and God which knoweth the hearts bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. How do you call upon the Lord? By faith. By the purifying of the heart, by the cleansing of it, and put no difference between them, purifying their hearts by faith, now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the meek, on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? The whole argument here was circumcision. But it's neither circumcision or uncircumcision that availeth anything. what he just talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ that's what avails unto salvation but it must be in truth and it must be by the spirit in the spirit and by the spirit it can't be done any other way in the book of the psalm the 51st chapter getting a little long here try to get through this Psalms 51, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity 
and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop. Dip the hyssop in the blood and sprinkle it upon the tabernacle, all the vessels, and upon the altar, and on all the people. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me, to, make me to hear thy joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, a fleshly heart and renew an upright spirit within me. That's where Adam started, in upright. But he let his wife talk him into disobeying God. Create in me a new heart, O God, renew the right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. We're going to get rid of the fig leaves now. No covering. We're going to come clean. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold thee with thy free spirit. Then will I treat transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltness, guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall spew forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I have given it. Thou desirest not in burnt offering, delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. <clears throat> Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with a sacrifice of righteousness. With burnt offering and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks on upon thine altar. They're not going to go kill any more bullocks. But they're going to offer a sacrifice of the lips unto the Lord that it be pleasing unto him and they'll be turned from their bent to sinning and walk in newness of life resurrected unto a new creature in Christ Jesus.